0: Welcome to Downton. Hello there. Am I speaking? Welcome to Shall we go through the Downton Abbey fan podcast. What? 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 Hello. I hope you're all doing well and that you all have recovered from our very scandalous episode last week. Um today we're here to talk about episode four of season one of Downton Abbey that I called the one with the trousers. So, we're in 1913 and we have a fair coming to Downton. So, to start this episode, I'm going to talk about the servants and what are they up to. And I'm really happy because this episode, we have a storyline on Mrs. Hughes. And I'm really happy about it because I love her very much. So, she is going out, which has not happened a lot. And she wants to renew a hat so first when we know that it means she's going out to meet someone and she asks O'Brien some advice and as usual she's being bitchy because that's O'Brien and I like it because well (laughs) Mrs Yu is not really pleased with her behavior and so I love how she tells her that she has to take care of the three girls plus her ladyship because Anna is sick and (laughs) O'Brien reaction is priceless like all three of them I'm not an octopus I'm not a slave (sighs) take that in your face O'Brien I don't like her so I was really delighted by this scene so while Mrs Hughes is going to the fair to meet a man so that's intriguing and then we understand why she wanted to renew her hat and (laughs) can we just Talk about Carson because she's kind of worried she hasn't been out in a long time. So she's like, you know, are you sure I can go? I you sure you, can, you know everything is going to be taken care of? Are you sure you're all right? And Carson's like, yes, yes, we're all right. Well, Carson then says, "Missus Hughes goes out for one night, and we all fall to pieces." So yeah, I found it very funny. But who is the man that she's meeting? Well. They Are really at ease with each other, so then we realized that it was an old beau fiance. And I really I find it really funny when they just talk about life you know, what would you do if when you retire? And she's like, Well, I don't know now, you know. And, and then she's like, Well, I suppose I don't know we all die of a plague, suppose there's a the war? Well, bananas, they're not ready for what's going to happen some of the the other servants saw her with the men at the fair and Thomas is making fun of her. He's like, she's got a fancy man. And we tell that to O'Brien. O'Brien's like, yeah, very funny. She's got a boyfriend. I'm a giraffe. I mean, I don't like her, but she does have some good lines. And so while this man asks her to marry him, and we all kind of a bit sad because at that moment I was kinda of sad because I thought she can't leave. Well I kinda of knew she wasn't going to marry him because she couldn't leave. Not that episode four. But you know, I can understand that some of the stuff are kinda of maybe sad. Um, like William, he's really sweet because if she marries him, she would have to live. And I like it when he says, You're a kind of woman, Mrs. Hughes. I don't know how this house would run without you. And I think Carson would not know how this house would run without her because, again, she goes out for one night and they all fall into pieces. It's very sweet to see another side of her. Like, we saw Carson, you know, with the the cheerful Charlies. It's really sweet because she looks kind of stern, too. And, you know, just we just realized that she had a life before Downton. And her conversation with Carson, I adore every time. They talk together because again i always said said it but they're really at ease with each other and they yeah they understand i think they do understand each other and i just love when they're together and where she just explained to him everything that he asked her to marry him he's worried that she said yes and she's like no because he hasn't changed but i did and then i mean what carson says i just love it he says life's altered you as it's altered me and what would be the point of living if we didn't let life change us carson who hates change said that i mean okay good for you carson really nice thing to say and obviously he's delighted that she is not leaving and she even makes fun of it leaving when would i ever find the time but i really enjoy it because well He's really happy that she is staying and well, we're happy too, because we love Mrs Hughes. Let's go back to our love triangle, William, Daisy, Thomas. You know, I feel bad for Thomas sometimes, but he is a complete jerk with William and with Daisy too, actually, because he plays with her. So William wants to go to the fair with Daisy and Thomas bits him to it, he asks Daisy first and well obviously Daisy is delighted because she's in love with Thomas and when this happens Gwen is really sad because they all know that William likes Daisy and, and oh this just this moment between Bates and Thomas when Bates uh, insults him and Thomas with his smoke, there is an aesthetic in this scene, It just, it makes me want to punch Thomas really hard in the face and Thomas can't stop bullying William all the time he humiliates him he putties him I mean again I like I understand a lot of things about Thomas but this I I cannot like he's yeah he's not nice he's mean to him and William I mean I'm so I feel so bad for him because he's heartbroken because every time Daisy um. Always took Thomas' side on everything. And he feels really bad because he's in love with her. And yeah, poor William. And of course, I mean, everyone sees that. No, even Mrs Hughes, when she tells William, you know, like, Thomas is jealous because everybody likes him bit better than Thomas. But the only person he's interested in is Daisy and she likes Thomas. And so even Mrs Padmore, she's trying. And she's trying hard to open Daisy's eyes about Thomas. Like, she, the whole episode, like, she is trying. He's not the boy for you and you're not the girl for him. Perhaps Thomas has seen and done more than is good for him. He's not a ladies' man. We'll enter a blessed relief. Daisy, Thomas is a troubled soul. I don't know what you mean, Mrs. Patmore. Oh, nothing. I don't mean anything. Well, but she's trying. We, we have to give her that. Like, she definitely is trying. So, I said earlier that Anna was ill. So, yeah, she's ill. And again, Mrs. Papmore, she has one of the best lines. She's got minutes to live by the sound of it. So, she goes to bed, and there's this absolutely adorable scene. Where Bates brings her a tray with flowers. I mean, how cute. And so obviously, make you think about the scene in the first episode when Anna brings him a tray and, oh, I think it's really sweet. And you obviously see that he really likes her, she really likes him, and it is very, very sweet. I mean, the way they look at each other. I mean, this is, it's cute. And there was a deleted scene uh, where Gwen brings a tray to Anna. And well, obviously Anna already had a tray. And um, Gwen's like, oh, I've seen you've already been taken care of. And she answers, I am very well taken care of. And I think it's really sweet. And well, last episode, I told you that we had a new storyline because Mrs. Patmore didn't see the flower. Well in this episode there is new things that she does not see. And a new storyline. Carson said that bottles of wine are missing. That's a bit suspicious. What is going on at Crowley House? Well Mosley has a problem. With his hands. And Isabella sees that and she obviously wants to do something about it. And I really like when uh, Mosley's like, wait, no need to trouble you with that. Even Matthew is like, leave him alone. And in the end, he gives him a look like, you know, we, we can't compete with my mother. Like, we have to listen to her. And I haven't said anything about it in the first episode, but God, can we talk just two seconds about his? eyes and it's even more bright when he's at Crawley house because the wall is the same color as his eyes but god his eyes sometimes they do not even feel real. I don't know if you understand me but is it legal to have those eyes? I'm not sure. But yeah that was just my little question on Dan Stevens's eyes that are actually mesmerizing. So Mosley's hands um Mrs. Crawley uh barges in Dr. Clarkson to get things for mostly because she thinks he has erysipelas, so well he listens to her and he takes his medication, but apparently it didn't get better, so they go back to Dr. Clarkson, but this time he's not alone. Violet is here, and well, I know we all miss our little fight between Violet and Isabel last episode. So we our new like. Isabel versus Violet with Clarkson in the middle. Well, again, Violet's best lines. They talk about the treatment that uh, Isabel gave Mosley. And Violet says... Is she making a suit of armor? And, well, let's just say that apparently Isabel misdiagnosed Mosley, and Violet gave the right answer. And obviously, well... She is delighted because she just won the fight. Please don't think we're ungrateful for your enthusiasm, Mrs. Crawley, but there comes a time when things are best left to the professionals. Um, So yeah, Mosley does not have a He has a rue allergy. Well, I mean, the look on Violet's face when she leaves um, Clarkson's office. She's so delighted that she won this fight because obviously the last big fight they had, um, about Mr. Drake she lost it so well now she's happy because she won this one Well, let's talk about Mary now because we obviously have to talk about her in every episode So let's talk about Mary, Matthew and the great matter um, So Mary and Anna are actually talking together and talking together about Pamuk you know, like Anna she asked her if her mother has recovered <laughs> well will she ever I'm not really sure about that and you can see that Mary has kind of changed like the way she's talking about herself um something happened that night What well, something happened yes but to her to her character she's less this kind of really reckless child and even she I even one say she's less rude uh, we see that Um when she talks with Matthew but yeah and then she says something that I think it's kind of sad really I don't have a heart everyone knows that and I think it's kind of sad that she thinks that that she thinks that others think that because obviously others would think that because she this is what she made them believe she wanted to be seen as a heartless person when she definitely is not And there was a deleted uh, part that I've read in the script book where Anna says to Mary that she was lucky. And at that moment, Mary lays her hand on her stomach so that she's lucky that she isn't pregnant. So obviously, the whole what happened with Mr. Pamuk is what we thought happened. And I just think, yes, she's lucky. Just imagine what would have happened if she got pregnant after that. I think someone wrote a fan fiction that I'm not completely sure but I think yeah that is an, ins- an interesting storyline to write about but anyway and then we have a scene of Cora and Violet taking tea outside and I think this shot is really beautiful but I think it was kind of odd just imagine the footman that had to bring everything its miles away from the castle why would you go that far I don't know but yeah anyway so I talk about Mary, if she have n- new suitors in mind or stuff. And Violet is still really, I mean, she she doesn't want Robert to stop fighting for her. But Cora is not, well, she's not stupid. She said, well, he, he didn't even start the fight. Since the beginning, he's like, I can't fight with it because the law says she can't inherit. And so Cora says to Violet, I might send Mary over to my aunt in New York, you know, so maybe it would be nice. And obviously she thinks about that because of the whole scandal that just happened <laughs> with Mr. Pamook and Violet again insulting crying her American blood. Oh, I don't think things are quite that desperate. What she thinks about is that we need another lawyer, someone who would think things differently. We need someone new. And she thought about someone. And this someone is Matthew. I love this scene so Violet pays a visit to Matthew and I just love it because when he learns that Lady Grantham is here, he thinks it is Cora so like oh cousin Cora and then he sees Violet and his face just changes like I think he's kind of afraid of Violet and he doesn't really know how to speak with her so they talk about Mary and the whole situation and she tries to play with his feelings you know like you don't want to be the heir if Mary could have been like, and I was talking about it with my friend and he said that it was not really nice of Mary to do that now because I kind of agree with him because now it's what, at least six months since he knew he was going to be the heir. So he had time to, you know, realize that he was going to be the heir and maybe think differently. So because if Vaya had this idea since the beginning, maybe he would have been delighted. Like, yeah, I definitely I don't want to be the heir. Give everything to Mary. But I think it's not really nice for him now that he tried to understand more about the village and what it means to be the heir. To literally tell him to well, m- maybe it would be nice if you not inherit. Well, I don't know, but wait, she's trying, and well, she's sitting on a swivel chair. And, oh my God, this scene is just so funny. Matthew's face, his expression is just hilarious because the way it's a swivel chair was an invention of Thomas Jefferson and, well, another really iconic, valid line. Why does every day involve a fight with an American? I'll fetch a different one. No, 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 no. I'm a good sailor. His face, I mean, he's really like, um, I don't know what to do with cousin Violet. <laughs> and then Matthew is talking to Mary, and you realize that they are more at ease with each other than they were two episodes before. And you know because he talks about you know I thought that having a job made me very middle class. She says you should learn to forget what I say. And I like when she says it's not you who made me angry; it's my life that makes me angry. So she's not angry at him anymore. And I like it because there is a change and I do believe the whole family made that change uh, on her side. And like when she says, Women like me don't have a life. We choose clothes and pay calls and work for charity and do the season. But really we're stuck in a waiting room until we marry. I like it because in the previous episode, she said to Edith, I am too busy living a life. And so you really realize. There is a change in her behavior. There is a before Pamuk and there is an after Pamuk. Before that, she was too busy living a life. And now she says, I don't have a life. So she kind of let her guard down and kind of quit being this reckless to appear. Reckless, bored and and everything. I I like this Mary better than the previous Pamuk Mary. And Matthew wants to talk with Robert about the whole great matter situation. And so he's coming after dinner to talk with him. But unfortunately for him, Violet is here at dinner. So Mary is supposed to uh, delay her in the drawing room. I like when she says to her father, "I I would love to see you try so they talk uh, together and I really like I like their relationship and I love uh, this conversation because uh, Matthew he he's kind of lost and sorry about the whole situation and I mean it's terrible for everybody especially for Mary and I don't want her to think that I don't want to do anything it's just that I can't and I like it because what Robert says well I do not believe That no this is your fault Cora would not believe that and I like his face when Matthew tells him that it's horrible for Lady Mary you see a tiny smile and he's definitely shipping them like well he's hoping that they would get together and while they are talking Violet is with the girls in the drawing room and (laughs) when she thinks that Robert is alone in the dining room (laughs) and she says he can't have been drinking port since we left. He'd be under the table by now. And so Carson's like, "What? Well, he's in the library, but he's like, oh, alone, how sad. Well, no, he's with, and so Mary tries to stop him. It's like, what is happening? And that scene, oh my God. It might have been one of my favorite scenes of this episode is when she barges in the library when Robert is talking with Matthew. Matthew's like, I don't know what to say to cousin Violet. <laughs> Oh, don't worry about that. I can handle her. Really? Well, if you can, you must have learned to very recently. Their faces. Robert's face. He looks like a child. (laughs) It's just so funny. And Matthew's face. God, I really do love this scene. Because, you know, just before Violet comes in, Robert's very confident. Like, I can handle my mother. And then she just comes in in his face. I mean, well, apparently, Robert, I'm sorry, but you cannot. And so, well, obviously, after that, Violet leaves and she's really angry at her son. And Robert is like, he's tired. (laughs) He's tired of dealing with his mother. And again, I said it, but he ships Matthew and Mary. Because when he tells Cassandra, no, I'm going up because I am worn out. Tell that to Mary and Matthew. When, no, wait until they ring, because maybe something will happen when I'm not there. Oh, I like it. But I ship them too, to be honest, Matthew and Mary. So I'm on your side, Robert. And while well, we have a short scene between Matthew and Mary, well, when Mary realized that she well she can't inherit, like he tells her that it's not possible. And the way he, he tells he almost tells her well you mean a great to me like, I like you very, very much because he's he's troubled with the whole situation. Because he really likes Mary. And I mean, when they exchange looks, she gives him her hand. Something is happening. There are feelings in the air. People, there is something happening, okay? But then he's leaving and there's a line from Carson that I really like, uh, when Matthew like he just tells him, you know, it's really it's hard for everybody, for Lady Mary, everybody. And I like when he says but I appreciate you saying so because Carson is definitely not on Matthew's side it's on Mary's side so I'm not going to say that didn't respect him but that moment like he the way he's seeing Matthew just changed I think so yeah I like it and then there's a scene a whole scene that was cut Of I think from the script because I have I've seen a lot of deleted scene and I've never seen this one. And I'm angry because it's a scene between Cora and Robert in her bedroom. So obviously I am angry because there is a lot of scenes that were cut, that are scenes that are covert scenes. Why did people do that to us? I don't know. So I'm going to try my best to describe this scene too, because I mean, I am angry that this scene was cut so um so there in her bedroom they talk about well the great matter mary and stuff what happened, you know um and robert just uh tells cora well i hope that mary will accept the fact that she can't inherit and well i hope that if she doesn't want to listen to me she will listen to matthew um because maybe if he tells her that she can't inherit maybe she will accept it and then he he asks cora if she accepted the fact that her money would go right to him because she, he doesn't want her to be angry with Matthew and she tells him I'm not angry with Matthew I quite like him so no I'm not angry with, with him so they talk a bit about Mary and stuff and then Cora says to be honest Robert Mary isn't the person you and she stopped because well she still thinks about the whole permanent situation and well obviously Robert just asked her she's not what and she's like, well, never mind. And then he tells her, it's a shame she won't take Matthew. I think even Carson could put up with Mr. Crawley if Mary was his wife. Well, he, he's not wrong about that, definitely. And then Cora answers, we don't know if he'd take her now. So again, she's thinking about the public situation that Robert had, he has no idea that this happened. So he, he answers, why on earth do you say that? Because obviously, it's like, why? I mean, I'm just trying to imagine, to be Robert in this moment. You must think, why is she, what is she talking about? And then she says, I'm not convinced they're suited. Because obviously, now Mary's damaged goods. And well, that is the bit of a, well, we have a situation here. And then Robert tells her, God, we've been robbed, people. I'm so mad. Because he tells her, have it your own way we're suited so let's give thanks for that and then he kisses her i mean they cut our first COVID kiss i am so angry why i mean when i read this in the first time I said, are you kidding me like he's so cute we're suited i mean oh, that is something i really love about robert that it feels like he's so ashamed that he didn't marry he didn't love her when he married her that he has to tell her in his own way that he loves her and he has to show her and he kisses her I'm really mad that we didn't have that and I think I really like this scene because I think it's really important to understand Cora she is conflicted by this whole situation and because I do not where we saw we're going to see that in the following episode but but there's a lot of parts that were cut that really tell us how conflicted she is because she loves her daughter, but at the same time, she has this secret and she can't share with anybody. Well, actually, I think the only one she wants to share with is Robert, but she can't share because if, if she's thinking if I tell him that he's going to die. And she tries her best to protect her daughter, but at the same time, she yeah, I, to be honest, I feel really bad for her. And again, he kisses her and we didn't see that, I'm sad. Then we have a very sweet scene between Mary and Robert. I really, really love this scene and I like when they're in the exterior outside the castle and we see the castle in the background and he tells her You are my darling daughter and I love you, hard as it is for an Englishman to say the words. So they talk about the whole thing, he said, I'm I am a custodian, not an owner, so I can't give you downton if I could I would do it. But I can't because it's not how the law is made. And then he, he just said, Well, if you marry Matthew, you could still be here, you know, you would be the wife of the heir, so everything would be right. And she tells him I'd never marry any man that I was told to. I'm stubborn. I wish I wasn't, but I am. I like this scene because then she's alone um, outside, and you can see how conflicted too she is. Because I do believe she just starts to realize that she may have feelings for Matthew, whether she n- do not dislike him, and that her feelings uh, towards him has uh, changed. And and she still has this well, damocles sword on her head with the whole Pamuk scandal, and i think she's really lost at the moment like truly lost and robert and matthew already uh, said that i love their scenes together and so they go to see some of the cottages and matthew just tells robert that he realized that yeah he wants Downton to be part of his future now and he said that i i didn't want this whole air situation to change me but absurd if you don't change you die do you think so i'm not sure sometimes i think i hate change oh really robert that's an understatement because robert and change is like who it definitely does not like it and then we have a scene that i adore because i love how it's made so well made the family is together and robert can't stop talking about matthew and the camera is on Mary and we can see that it hurts her that he can't stop talking about Matthew so she leaves and again I like tiny details but when she leaves Robert is standing in front of Cora and when she leaves the room he looks at his wife just like what is happening did I say something I was supposed to say did I do something like you know just tiny exchange of looks and then she well Cora just um follows her and so we're in Mary's bedroom and she's crying and Cora she sensed that something was wrong with her daughter so she came to see her I love her dress by the way I really like this dress on her anyway and well Mary feels left out by his father and I can a bit understand her because he can stop thinking about talking about Matthew and she's like "Why?" do you not care about me? And I remember I talked about it with my friend and he he is kind of a bit mad at Robert for not trying to break the entail and, and stuff. But I don't know if it's because I'm a Robert defender. Maybe I am. But I, I do think that, like she said, he didn't fight because he knew he couldn't win because he knew that the moment he had three daughters, he knew that they would never be... Um, His heiresses and so he was raised in one purpose to be the Earl of Grantham and I do believe that being raised that way by his father his way of thinking is completely different because he just sees what he's supposed to see as the Earl like just the one the best example is he married Cora for her money because they needed that money you know like he could have married any other English girl that her mother would like but he didn't because his father went after him telling him your duty is to bring money back to the estate all week while we lost so he did so the whole thing about him not wanting to challenge the entail I can understand how Mary feels bad about it but he's been raised to it and his daughters didn't like Uh, his daughters weren't prepared to rule the estate so yeah I don't believe they understand that and obviously Shedd doesn't understand because she is an heiress so the whole thing is kind of uh, difficult to understand and Violet where she just wants Mary to be an heiress because she likes Mary and it's she would prefer it because it would stay in the close circle of their own family but in that sense, so I can understand Mary why she feels left out by her father, especially because he's talking about Matthew all the time and but he's like the son he never had because matthew is it's a bit like Robert you know he's kind and a bit clumsy, but he wants to do the right thing. so I do believe that they they kind of like in in lots of ways. but again, what I don't like is Mary is not being fair to her mother she is afraid of her feelings. I gave her that, but she do not have the right to be rude to your own mother like I mean, when she's like, oh, you know better, you think I'm not worthy of anything because of what happened. Maybe she thinks that. And she definitely thinks that. But why are you being so rude and unkind to her? Can you just remember what you have put her through? Yes, you've been through some really bad shit. But you put your mother through it too. Can you just be nice and apologetic and just realize that she kept you secret, that she helped you? move the body can you just say i'm sorry mother and thank you for being on my side maybe it's just because i love cora so much but i just hate already said it but it's it's one thing that really irritates me with mary it's her uh, behavior towards her mother and you can see that cora is actually really saddened by all of it by her behavior by the way she thinks of her and that makes me sad but yeah mary she's She's a very contrary person and then I want to talk about the new chauffeur and Sybil because we have a new chauffeur his name is Branson he's Irish and he's interested in history and politics when you hear that the first time say okay this is important doesn't sound good and I really like the scene between uh, Robert and Carson in the library just after meeting Branson. Because apparently the former chauffeur went to run a tea shop. I cannot feel it will make for a very restful retirement, can you? I would rather be put to death, my lord. And Robert's face at this moment is like, oh, okay, noted. And then well, O'Brien, we always said that, but she likes to be bitchy and annoying. And when Branson is at uh, in the servants' hall waiting for Violet, um, she's like, "Well, you're not, you're not supposed to be here because the former chauffeur he never did that." And Bates like, "I don't care if he's here, you know, like who cares?" Technically, he's like, "No, but you're not supposed to be here, and because you're the chauffeur, and and I, I mean, she's annoying, really." And what about Sybil? Sybil, we have a new dress, but she wants something new and exciting. So in the same when went into the car, so Branson is the chauffeur. I really love Cora's hat. I love Cora with larger hats. I don't know. I think it's really beautiful on her. It suits her very well. I really love it. And I like when she says, So women's rights begin at home. I see. Well, I'm all for that. And when she says that, you can see Branson's his tiny smile and his look like he, he found it kind of funny and he's interested in just what had been said behind him. But Sibyl doesn't just want a new dress, like something new and exciting. She wants, I think, even a new life from what she's supposed to have because she wants to go to a proper school. And she talks about it with Violet. And Violet's like, why would you want to go? Why? You don't need that. And she's like, well, I want to learn things. And Cora says, well, things are different in America. And Violet, again, always has to, every time we mention something in America, she has to go right into it. I you know, they live in wigwams, And when they come out of them, they go to school. And to be honest, I don't know how she does it. She's so patient because I do not think I could put up with Violet snarky comments all the time for more than 20 years and she's always stays nice I couldn't I mean really I, I don't know how she does it to be honest because I mean once or twice uh, snarky comments okay but when it's all the time I mean come on it's a bit tiring and then we have another uh, deleted scene between Robert and Cora oh shocking I always ask myself why did Sybil went alone to choose her new dress I thought it was kind of peculiar but because there was a scene that was cut Cora says to Branson that she's going alone but before that she said that she was going with her and they cut that part because they cut the scene that I'm going to talk about now so Robert is with Cora and she tells him that she's not feeling well and so she asked him if he can take Sybil's to choose her new frock And he says that he's not available because he's going to show Matthew the cottages. And he says, I'm no judge of hemlines anyway. And we see that because when he talks about Matthew, he asks Sybil uh, if everything was right with her frock. And he says, I'm sorry I couldn't go with you because I was with Matthew. And so Cora thinks about cancelling it because she can't go with her. And then Robert tells her that Sybil can go alone and Branson can take her because she's, well, she's not a child anymore. And then she tells him, she has such wild ideas. And Robert answers, sounds intriguing. And she tells him, well, if you don't like what she chooses, don't blame me. (laughs) Again, why did I cut a covert scene? Maybe the people that managed the whole, should we keep that or not? They just don't like them. So Sybil has wild ideas. And the girls are talking together, the three daughters. And Sybil, well, she's really like, I don't know why we're bothering with corsets, you know, because men don't have them. Why don't we have the vote? We should have the vote. Like she's going political and she just thinks, why can't we have what men have? It's just a simple question. And I, I mean, I agree with her. Why can't women have what men have, you know? But let's not forget Gwen, because Sybil helped her. She found her a job advertisement. And so she's still going to help her and so Gwen had an answer that they made an appointment for her so Sybil is very excited and she plans everything oh you're going to be ill and then I'm going to lend you some clothes but then unfortunately they cancelled the appointment because apparently they found someone was suited for the post so Gwen is a bit put down by it but Sybil is not like we're not giving up I mean the first one it didn't work but that doesn't mean that there's not going to be other opportunities and I really like this scene because she invites Gwen to sit on her bed so that really equals the two girls talking and she comforts her I love it that's why Sibyl is the best because she doesn't even ask herself is she a servant or oh, who cares she wants to leave I will help her because I can help her so I will it's yeah again, love it but so Sibyl and her new frock, I love this whole sequence. So they're all in the drawing room and they're waiting for her. And so they're like, what is she doing? And Robert's like, maybe we should just go without her because it's not fair Mrs. Patmore because she just prepared everything. And Violet and her snarky comments about Mrs. Patmore cooking. You have Cora rolling her eyes, being completely fed up with her mother-in-law and Isabel saving the day, telling her that she appreciates Mrs. Patmore's cooking And there is a comment by Julian Fedos in the script book where he said that Violet was Mrs. Patmore's ex-employer. So she was already the cook before Robert and Cora became the earl and the countess. So I thought that was interesting. And he said also that she is an excellent cook, not a plain one. and That she is valued by the Grand even if uh, Violet apparently uh, doesn't adore her. And I love all the shots of Sibyl and Anna. I think it's I love it. I d I can't even say what it makes me feel. It's just I love it. And Anna, she's so sweet. She she's almost proud. And so we don't know what the new frock is, but there is some, we know there is something new and exciting about it. And Anna, she's the sweetest. Like really she's so proud of Sybil and she's so happy, so sweet. And then Sybil comes down and we have the reaction and <laughs> I love this scene at, with all the reactions. So her frock it's actually where well, she has trousers. We can say that like it's definitely not a dress or a skirt. So it's new and excited and it's wide. <laughs> and the reactions. so first you have Cora, she looks surprised, but I want to say she's definitely in awe because she's like, I mean, She's a baby and she's beautiful. So she's like, oh, my baby is so pretty. Then you have Mary. She's badly surprised, as I say. And oh, Robert, I think he's one of my favorite because his face, his face changes when his look go down. Like first, he's like, oh, my daughter and oh my God, what the hell is that? Oh my, I love it. Matthew, he, I love him. He looks so proud, like, like a big brother. And he's kind of amused by it and i really like it violet is literally like what again can't can't i have a rest of all all you white ideas <laughs> and then branson who who looks at her from outside and he's like he's with awe, oh, and you can see a spark in his eye and oh it's so sweet i really love this scene i think this is just so sweet and uh, well i think it's at them because we we have seen sybil before and we're she's starting having a bit more of um, importance with the Gwen storyline but now we see her like she's really she's different from her sisters she's the best of them definitely and she just wants to live the life like she wants her to live you no know, she doesn't want to go by the rules yeah I mean she's the best so for the French word of the day since Sybil came down with trousers I thought that would be my French word of the day. I said trousers because that's what is written in the script book. And if I'm not mistaken, I do believe that in the US you say pants, but in the UK, pants is like underpants. So since it was uh, written in the script book, I took trousers. So in French, trousers is pantalon. And it's not in a plural, it's uh, singular and it's masculine. So it's un pantalon. And it's written P A N T A L O N. So it's a bit long, but yeah. So trousers is un pantalon. And actually, I have some fun facts. Maybe you don't care, but in France, there was a law that dated back to uh, 1800 that forbid women to wear trousers. And that law was revoked in. 2013 I mean there was obviously a lot of women who wear trousers way before uh, 2013 but yeah this well actually this law was to forbid uh, women to dress up as men uh, because if they could dress up as men so wear trousers they could have men uh, jobs which they didn't want them to have and if women wanted to dress up as men so wear trousers they needed a medical prescription I mean it's completely ridiculous i give you that but yeah and this law only was revoked in 2013 so less than 10 years ago so yeah that was it for my fun fact and so i chose to wait the end of the episode to talk about my music of the day and actually my friend had the idea for this music and i'm kind of ashamed that i didn't have it before him but um, he had it because in the music video um she she dressed up as men so i thought about it and then i just wonder why it's like this just fits so perfectly i'm so sick of running as fast as i can wonder if i get there quick and if i was a baby and i'm so sick of them coming up to again cuz if i was a man. so that was The Man by Taylor Swift and again I am sad that I didn't thought about it but I think I've spoken about Taylor Swift so many times with my friend I almost brainwashed him I already had Taylor Swift music like last episode but I'm a Swifty so sorry not sorry yeah I think um, I do believe that in Downton Abbey women they're all badass like even the one we don't like they are strong and they can be the man. You know what I mean. And everything fits, you know, because Sybil she just thinks, why can't I be everything a man is? And then you have Mary thinking, well, if I was a man, maybe things would be different and easier. Like wondering if I get there quicker if I was a man. Yeah, because I do believe that if she was the heiress, she could be the man. Bananas. So, well, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't hesitate to leave a review, a comment, send me a DM on Instagram. I re- I would really appreciate it, and I would really love to read what what your opinions about anything that I've talked about about or about the episode. Or definitely anything related to Downton Abbey. So I will see you next Sunday to talk about episode 5 that I called The One with the Salty Pudding. Until then, take care of yourself and don't forget. Vive la différence